I am so glad to see you here this morning. I was up at 3.30 this morning. I wasn't worried, wasn't stressed, but I did wonder, and pastors do this occasionally, is anybody really going to show up? And I'm glad you did, not to hear me necessarily, but so that you didn't miss the worship music this morning as you got a chance to participate in that. Uh, what an encouragement, what a blessing, and I appreciate so many who worked so hard to make that happen. This morning, I really have a simple message, really, really, really simple message. Now, it's a simple message, but for some people who are sitting right here today, it's going to be a message that's going to be hard to believe. You're, really, you're going to hear it, but you're going to go, well, I don't know. For some, it's a message you're going to hear it and you go, man, it just sounds too good to be true. Some of you will hear this message this morning and you will actually struggle to accept it because you can't believe it's true in your own life. It's a simple message. And yet it is deep and it is profound and it is powerful. And if this message is truly accepted, embraced, internalized by you, then it can change your life. So what then is this simple message? The message is this, God loves you. Some of you came this morning because that's exactly what you needed to hear. You're going through some stuff in your life. You're going through some struggles in your life. You're dealing with sin and disappointment in your life. Things haven't quite turned out the way that you planned. Maybe you've been the disappointment in someone else's life. Maybe you've been a source of pain and discouragement in someone else's life. Regardless of where you come from, regardless of where your starting point is, the message for you is the same. If you've been walking with Jesus for a 100 years or you walked away from Jesus yesterday, the message is the same. God loves you. Now, some of you said, you know what? Um, we make a big deal out of Easter, and the pastor, he's going to come, and he's going he's to swing for the fences, and, man, we got to be there because he's going to be telling some awesome stories, and maybe he'll have some sound effects and maybe some lights and shows or something like that. Maybe he'll dress up like a country singer and sing a song. We never know. To be sure, the totality of his message to me this morning is not God loves you, but it is. Because regardless of your starting point, regardless of where you are right now in your life today, you need to hear this message. This message needs to sink deeply into your soul today. Because quite frankly, some of you are struggling with it whether God really does love you, whether God really could love you, knowing everything about your life. God loves you. And I'd like us to talk about that for a little bit this morning. And so in your Bibles, um, we're going to look at 1 John. We're going to look at chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4. 
Um, if you are new to the Bible, there's a couple of ways you can find this. Uh, you can go to the very beginning where you have the table of contents, and that's okay. There's actually, you'll find John's name listed multiple times in the New Testament. He wrote the Gospel of John, but he also wrote three letters that we have, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. We're going to be looking at those. If you have, uh, if you're just kind of thumbing through, you need to start from the back and move forward because he's right there towards the end, pretty close to Revelation, but that's where we're going to be. We're also going to put it on the screen. So for those of you who didn't bring a Bible or having trouble finding it, don't worry, you won't miss out at all. We just have a few verses this morning, verses 7 through 10. And my prayer, my hope is that God is going to open up our hearts so that we can really get this this morning because this is some important stuff for all of us to hear today. And so this is how he begins in verse 7 of 1 John chapter 4. It says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Now there's a lot here in this one single verse. Literally, this term beloved, okay, we see this sometimes in the Bible. I don't know what your, your translation, if you're in a different translation, it may read friends or dear friends or something like that. Uh, this word beloved, here's what this word means. It means one who is loved. And so literally, you could read this first portion of the sentence, you who are loved, love one another. That's an, we need to get that. You who are loved, love one another. In other words, God is not telling us to make this up as we go along, to try to figure it out. He's saying, listen, you are already loved. You are, if you're in Christ, you are God's beloved. You are one who is already loved by him. Now you who are loved, love one another. You may have heard the expression, and uh, you'll hear it if, if you ever are involved in, in Celebrate Recovery or or maybe you've heard it in a counseling session. Maybe you've heard it from me. And the expression is real simple. It's called hurt people, hurt people. You heard that? Hurt people who are hurt, hurt people, hurt people. That's just, it's what hurt people do. But there's another expression I want you to get this morning that I think is going to be profound for us, and that is this. Loved people love people. Loved people love people. People who know what love is because they've seen it, they've experienced it in their own lives, it's been shown to them that it's something they have embraced, it's become a part of them. Loved people love people. Hurt people hurt people. Loved people love people. Those of us who have received love, and you know it. Listen, now, no, no home is perfect, but you can talk to teachers and they can tell you what children come from homes where they are loved and what children come from homes where they are mistreated and abused. It shows up in their behavior. If you don't believe me, ask a teacher. It shows up in how they treat other people, loved people, love people. And we as the people of God have been shown this incredible love by God And having been shown this incredible love by God, we are called to show this love to one another. Love is to flow from us. Matter of fact, let me change that. Love is to flow through us. God pours it into our lives, and he pours it into our lives without measure. God, you know, when we were, they were making pancakes this morning, you know, um, 
they, they, they get the measuring cup out and they do this stuff. That I don't make pancakes like that at my house. I dump some of the, the, the dry stuff in the bowl and I stick it under the spigot and I turn it on and I start stirring it until it's about right. Okay? Now, that means sometimes I get way more than I need. That's God. He gives us way more. than He's not using a measuring cup with you. When it comes to loving you, he's not measuring out and saying, okay, only a teaspoon today. Only a third of a cup today. No, God is continually pouring love into your life, and all he's asking you to do is to be a holy bucket. Not H-O-L-Y, but H-O-L-E-Y, a bucket with holes in it. He wants you to leak love wherever you go. And he'll just keep pouring it in you as long as you keep leaking it out. You will never run dry with God. That's how much he loves you. Jesus told his followers, he said this, a new commandment I give to you, that you are to love one another. Just as I have loved you, look at this, loved people, right? Just as I have loved you, you're also to love one another. This is a call of God to the life of every believer. Jesus showed them what love was, and he said, okay, now you do it. Parents, grandparents, that's exactly what we ought to be doing for our children grandchildren. Show them what love is, and then say, okay, now you try it. Now you do it. And so that's, that's a big thing for us to get just as we start just with that one verse. But let's look in verse 8. It says, anyone who does not, get this, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, that ought to stop you in your tracks. If you're married, I dare you to do this. If you're married, go home this afternoon and don't mess up lunch. Get through lunch. Don't mess up anybody's nap. Get through the nap. So you're good and rested, and you're not hungry and grumpy. Then ask your spouse, do I treat you in a loving way? Now, you could be in for a long discussion after that. So you may want to have you know, a, a soft drink and some popcorn so you'll have something to get you through it, okay? You may need a snack for this one. Do I treat you in a loving way? This morning, I woke up early, and I got up early. I woke up a little after 3. I got up at 3.30. Um, I didn't have any plans, but I figured, might as well shower. So I'm getting up, and I'm walking or staggering or stumbling or whatever I'm doing at that time of morning towards the bathroom door from our bedroom. We've got a couple of doors that open. We go into the bathroom. We can close it and block the light for the, for the next person. But So I'm getting it, and Nancy asked me, because we'd set the alarm for 5. She said, is it 5 o'clock yet? And Nancy, what did I say? Yeah, I have put you on the spot. What did I say? Okay, that, yeah. Uh, she and I ain't having that discussion this afternoon. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. And she was actually awake. She remembered it. 
So uh, I have apologized for that because literally that was not a loving thing. But honestly, at, at 3.30, I didn't feel very loved. So, But it's something we continually have to work on because as God is pouring stuff into our, pouring love into our lives, we've got an enemy who's pouring poison into our lives. We just need to make sure we're leaking the right thing. Loved people love people. Let's look at this. It says, anyone who does not love does not know God. And, and I, I want to let you know that love comes from knowing God, not knowing about God. Love comes from knowing God. And the more deeply we know Him, the more deeply we love, not just Him, but the more deeply we love others. The more we know him, then the more we know about his love, the more we know about his sacrifice, the more we know about his heart, the more we know how he's acted in our lives. And the more we know that, the more able we are to love others. And why? Well, we don't have to guess. John gives us a reason. Because God is love. That's what he says right here. God is love. Love. Now, I, I want you to get this because sometimes in, in math, for instance, you could have an equation where both things, you know, you got an equal sign and there's two things on either side and you could flip-flop them and it doesn't matter because it says equal, okay? This is not one of those. God is love is not the same thing as love is God. And let me tell you why. Because when we start first with love, then we're defining what that is. And then God has to conform to our definition of love. When we read it like he gives it to us, and it says God is love, then we start with God, and God gets to define what love is. And if you just like a peek into that, maybe this afternoon, after you've had your little discussion with your spouse, you can both together read 1 Corinthians 13, and that could help you because God gives us a wonderful description of what the love that leaks out of us ought to look like. So you can write 1 Corinthians 13 down on your notes on the back of your handout and read that this afternoon. It might be good for you. Who knows? We need to understand, though, that God always acts in ways that are consistent with who he is. So God is always going to act in ways that express his love for us. God is for us, not against us. Let me put it in direct terms. Believe it or not, God is for you, not against you. And why? Because he loves you. And because his character's love, he's always going to act in love toward you. Let's see what John writes next. He says this in verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest. Now, manifest was, it was shown, okay? In this, this is how we see God's love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is kind of an interesting word. It starts with the word pro, which is for. It shows what he has done for us in removing our sins and giving us life. That's what he's telling us here. 
The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross removed our sins and his resurrection gave us life. This is what God has done for us and this is the ultimate display of God's love. When God sent his son into the world, he was sending love in the flesh. He was sending love in tangible, in a tangible way, in a touchable way. Remember last week we talked about the Pharisees who considered themselves the separated ones, and they didn't want to get near anyone who was spiritually or physically unclean. They just wanted to keep their distance, but Jesus was always among them. He was doing crazy things like touching lepers. Touching sinners, eating with tax collectors. And they couldn't understand it. They couldn't get it because they didn't understand that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. Therefore, he was love, true love, God's love being manifest, being shown in the flesh. It's an incredible thing. They didn't understand it. We get a little bit of it. Most of us know John 3.16 is probably the most famous Bible verse, at least in churches. may not be out there in the world, but in churches. And it begins with these words, God so loved, there it is again, the same John, by the way, writing it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So what John's writing there under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 3 in the gospel he echoes again over here in, in 1 John and 2 and 3 John, by the way, as he's writing those letters later. By the way, if you didn't know it, it's the same John who penned the book of Revelation. So he was a busy guy. But we see God's love coming through these. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But there was a, res- a desired result for God. There was something that God desired. What was that? Well, we find it in the second half of that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That was God's desired end result for his love. He wanted a relationship with us. What he tells us is this. Let me... Let me I'll, Trying to make it real simple. He tells us God loves us. God loves you. That's the first thing we want to hear. God loves you. So the second thing we need to hear is in his love, he acted by sending his son. It wasn't a passive love. Many of us have kind of a passive love. We'll say, I love you. We may even send a Valentine card occasionally, maybe a flower or something like that, a box of candy. But as far as an active love, we may not do that very often. Our love is kind of distant. God's isn't. God came to us. He acted by sending his son. And then we add this to it. Through the completed work of Jesus, we have the promise of life in him and with him forever. So So get this, God loves you. He loves you enough to send his son 
to you, but he does it with a purpose so that you could live in him and with him forever. Human beings have this innate need to be loved. That's why, you know, we, a lot of the songs you hear are love songs, a lot of the books you read, books about love, a lot of the movies, a lot of movies, romantic movies, movies about love. The, the neat thing is, if you study the history of literature, we're not doing anything new. The scenes are set differently. The circumstances are a little different, but it's the same thing. How many of you had to read Romeo and Juliet? I had to read Romeo and Juliet. It's a love story, right? Tragic, but it's a love story. Keep turning the pages back. We see love stories over and over and over and over and over and over again. Why? Because there's something in us that says we need this. We need to be loved. I only watched the movie one time, I'll confess, but I, I did watch the movie Jerry Maguire. It's the one that has uh, Tom Cruise. You realize Tom Cruise and I have the exact same birthday. He has not aged nearly as well as I have. But Tom Cruise is in there. Renee Zellweger's in there. This movie, Jerry Maguire. And there's this one scene where Tom Cruise and, and Renee Zellweger are in there. And they got all, she's got all her little friends there. And they've just been bad-mouthing men and marriage and all this other stuff. And he comes in and he has this romantic conversation with her. But he says to her at some point in there, you complete me. And all the girls' hearts just melt. Oh, just, oh, if my husband would just come home from work Thursday night and he would just stop at the door and stare lovingly into my eyes and say, oh, you complete me. That'd just be the most romantic thing. I'd put it on Facebook. We, we want that thing. We want, we're constantly looking for that person to complete us, that, that thing in life that will complete us, that dream in life that will complete us, that achievement in life that will complete us. We're constantly looking for that. We are, what, what's the old Mickey Gilly song? We're looking for love in all the wrong places. There's only one source. We'll never get our love met outside that source. God will never look at us, though, and say, you complete me. That's not how it works. God doesn't actually, I hope this doesn't hurt anybody's feelings, but God doesn't actually need us. He wants us. He created us. But he didn't have to have us. He chose to make us. God is not incomplete without us, but listen, we are incomplete without him. No doubt about it. God will never say to us, you complete me. But he comes to us and says this. Now let me change. He comes to you this morning and says this. I am here to complete you. That's why I sent my son. 
to complete you. That thing in your life that has been missing, that gnawing in your heart, that hole, that gap within you, that, 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 that big deep ravine that you've been trying to fill up with all kinds of things in your life, you need to understand none of that stuff works. But I'm here, God says, to complete you. So what do we do with this? We, I mean, we can go away and go, okay, well, that was pretty cool. Glad, glad I came. Got to see some people. Got to sing some songs. Pastor's message is pretty good. God loves me. Okay. Walk on out of here. I'm good. What do we do with this? There's some here this morning need to recognize that you have a need in you that can only be filled by God. That's it. And you've been trying but you've, it's been futile. And today, you're ready to acknowledge, you know what, I'm tired of this. I need Jesus. And if you're ready to receive him, there's some really good news. He's been waiting. And he's been working in your life. And he's ready for you to come so that he can truly, truly complete you. Today, you may need to turn away from your sin and your strivings and your frustrations and find your life completed in Christ. For some of you, you knew that at one time. That message that God loves you, you heard that way back in vacation Bible school. You heard that way back when you were a kid and you said, yes, I need that. But at some point, at some point you got preoccupied. And you thought, you know what? Maybe that would work. Maybe I can try that. Maybe I can try her. Maybe I can try him. Maybe if I just had a little more money. Maybe if I just had a little more security. Maybe if I just had somebody else to complete me. And you recognize it. It has been an exercise in futility. And today you just want to come home. God's door is open for you. And he's ready to say, you know what? Let's start again. If you need that fresh start, today can be your fresh start. Some of you need a church home, a place to belong. And you know that God is calling you to connect here. You, you sense that for a while, but for whatever reason, you've, you've, you've hesitated. Maybe today's the day. Maybe the Lord's saying, let's do it. Let's get you in that place I want you to be. If that's it, then this, this can be a time for you to say, let's take a stand today. How do you do that? It's real simple. If you need a church home, you just come down and say, I'm ready to belong here. If you need a fresh start, you may just want to come and say, hey, listen, I'm here to pray. Maybe you want somebody to pray with you. I promise you, you can touch anybody in here and go, hey, would you come down and pray with me? If they don't even know you, they'll do it. we got some good folks here. And if you need Jesus, you just need to come down and tell them, I need Jesus. And we've got men and women who would love to introduce you to the King of Kings, 
and the Lord of Lords and the one we celebrate today. You can come down and do that. Listen, if you're a little shy, on the little tear-off, there's a box that says, I prayed to receive Christ today. And if you would check that box, and then there's, there's two wooden boxes on either side of the door, and as you go out, just drop it in there. What we'll do this week is we'll follow up with you and try to help you get started in that walk with Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you now, and then our praise team is going to come up. We're going to have the last song and give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, I want to pray for those this morning who are struggling with decisions. They're trying to decide whether it's worth it, whether what they're feeling is your Holy Spirit moving in them or just some indigestion. They really don't know, but they want to know. Father, I pray that today you might just encourage by your Spirit and begin to draw them to you. If there's someone here, Lord, a man, a a woman, a, a child, a teenager, who needs that relationship with Jesus Christ, who needs to be completed by you, not by all the stuff they've been running after, then, Lord, I pray that today, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would draw that person to yourself with a grace that can't be resisted. Lord, I I pray for that person who has been wandering, who needs to put a stake in the ground today and said, no more. From, from this point on, I'm going to Jesus to satisfy me. I want that relationship I once had where I knew such joy and such peace and how I ever thought I could wander off from that. Today, I just want to come home. God, I thank you your door is open. And I thank you that your spirit is speaking to hearts even now. And Lord, for those who need a place to belong, a church they can call home, then Lord, if you're calling them here, then draw that person, those people to yourself today. God, do a wondrous work in this moment in the hearts and the lives of those who are here. Thank you that we can say with certainty that you love us and we know it because you sent your son for us and we pray it in his name.